This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to the Shakti Hour, a podcast on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network, where I speak with women about their personal experience on the spiritual path. My name is Melanie, and today I'm so happy to share a chat with my dear friend, Essie Jane. Essie is a beautiful singer and a wonderful musician who has recently uh, completed a series of recordings um, meant for accompanying uh, yoga and meditation and other inward-facing practices to support your healing and your delving deeper into your own body and your own sense of awareness, intuition, and state of being. She's super talented, and and we've had a lot of great chats uh, over the last few months talking about all things spirit and creativity, femininity, and business, and and covering all kinds of topics. So we had a chance finally um, today to sit down and and, uh, actually record something, Uh, and this is all in in anticipation of her latest release with her husband, Patrick, that will be coming out uh, the first week of October. And uh, so I want you to really um, enjoy this and (laughs) enjoy the sounds of New York City passing by right now as I'm recording this intro. And also throughout our talk, uh, we were just uh, in an open room kind of chatting. So you'll hear a uh, a lot of those sounds but it's appropriate for listening in. And I've included some uh, snippets of Essie's music throughout our talk and here at the beginning. Um, You heard that as well. Also, stay tuned uh, because we're going to have a nice series of conversations coming up that uh, I've been working on with my friend Julia, who has been helping me craft these nice conversations with musician friends of mine um, about sacred music and music made by women. And I'm talking to both uh, men and women who I know from my past life as a musician uh, here in New York City and, and around the globe. And we're getting into some really cool conversations about culture and sound and music and mantra, vibration, uh, everything from 
Jewish uh, cantors to uh, avant meditative music and everything in between. So stay tuned for that. And please remember to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a positive review and share the Shakti Hour with your friends. You can join us also on Instagram, Meditate with Melanie, or the Shakti Hour podcast. I'm on both of those to the best of my ability, and also on Facebook, Shakti Hour there. And of course, you can always find the Shakti Hour and all the other wonderful offerings at BeHereNowNetwork.com, where you'll also find contributions that I've made to the Awakened Heart blog and reflections there. There's a few uh, upcoming live events over the course of the next couple of months. So if you want to be in touch about those, please check on one of those social media pages, or you can send me an email at the Shakti Hour podcast at gmail.com to join my mailing list and be sure that you're up to date on all things Shakti Hour. Thank you so much for listening. sitting here today in New York City with my friend Essie Jane, who just completed the recording, mixing, mastering of her (laughs) new album, As I Return. And um, welcome, Essie. Thank you for having me, Melanie. I'm so happy to be here with you. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. We've had several conversations in this space that haven't been on on mic, but I'm going to give you just a minute to introduce yourself to the audience a little bit and just um, share with us, you know, since this is the Shakti Hour on the Ramdas Be Here Now Network, share a little bit about your upbringing in, in spirituality. And then, and then we'll get to some music too, but you know, sure. I'm sure that that's intertwined or I imagine that's intertwined for you in your personal story. It is very, yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up in a really cool family full of healers, artists, musicians. So right off the bat, everybody is engaging you in one medium or another. So um, they were also extremely open with their spirituality. So no one ever came to me as a kid and said, this is the path you go down. This is what and who you believe in. This is how you live your life. They left it as an open question. So really growing up, I just got to witness all of them on their individual paths, um, exploring their idea of faith, um, of um, how they expressed that faith. Um, They were all, apart from my father, who was an architect, architect, everybody was uh, working in alternative medicine. So my aunt's a herbalist, naturopath. My uncle's an acupuncturist. Uh, my mum was a reflexologist, and 
over the sort of, oh, and then there's my grandmother and grandfather who were both doctors. So I suppose they kind of kicked off the, and an orthopedic surgeon was in there as well. <laughs> so everybody was healing people in one way or another. Um, I guess my father was healing people through buildings because one of his, um, the sort of love of his life was restoring buildings that were ruined and bringing them back to their glory, which is really kind of a special thing to do with bricks and mortar. And, and he drew by hand my whole life. So... He was an artist in that way too. So, yeah, they were, they were all just beautiful examples of how you could express yourself in the world um, with really, again, no constraints and no, no definition on anything. So it was a very free experience. And because there were so many musicians in my family, uh, that was considered very important. So mm. I was moved through immediately, you know, fall in love with an instrument. My first was the piano, and then it was the cello. Always voice, and then back to the piano. Um, and then the rest is history. After that, I've been, you know, an artist, a painter, a sculptor, and then now a musician, which I guess is all of my, um, all of my being. <laughs> yeah. As of this particular moment. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm curious about, I mean, that's very different than my upbringing, and I was born into a Lutheran family, and we went to church, and everybody was Lutheran, and no one was an artist, and <laughs> there was no exploring anything, and, and um, you know, but ph philosophically uh, open-minded, I guess, just to the mystery of life, I think, yeah, because of uh, some farming people, and there's a little respect to the land and the surrender to the greater ebbs and flows of weather and that kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. That kind of infiltrated this more rigid religious kind of stance. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about, I mean, what it's like to be a young person really being able to sample all that. Like, as you were telling that story, I was just kind of like, envisioning a, a child like looking around already you're so curious yeah and you if you could go anywhere I mean what does that feel like I mean was there actual experimentation as a youth and trying to to find one of those things or I, I have no idea what that feels like <laughs> what it feels like um I do think you feel an endless possibility growing up for mm. instance me kind of you know, I grew up in London, in England, abandoning London and, you know, leaping on an airplane at a young age and right time going off to New York and everything's going to be fine. So it gives you a little bit of that, uh, what's the word for it, the gumption, mm. you know, to really do things. Because when you, you grow up believing that anything's possible and no one said to you, you have to be a plumber or, or I think the words that nobody ever said to me in my family were, please get a steady job, make a steady income, <laughs> get your insurance right. in place, and off you go. Because none of them were really doing that. So in effect, it was, I never, I never thought that you had to do anything. I always thought you could do anything. So that's, that would be like the root feeling of it, is, is endless possibility, yeah. Yeah, and that is like really freeing. Oh, but also sure, could yeah. be really challenging to channel into one thing or another. Oh, yeah. I did like 14 million activities <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. I was in a camp for, for tennis, which I was useless at, by the way, the yeah. most useless. Um, 
And then there would be theatre camp, and then there would... I mean, it just goes on, the list goes on. I did so many different yeah. things. Yeah. I could have done so many different things. Yeah. I remember at one point somebody was like, oh, Essie, you could, you could really be a TV presenter. I was like, okay. And then I went to, <laughs> I went to school to train to... Yeah. I did uh, fine arts for a year, and then I did... Uh, I have my Bachelor of Arts in uh, technical special effects makeup of all crazies. Um, so, yeah, I really did. That's your hand in many pots. But I think ultimately it all, it did all sort of funnel into the one great love, which was singing and being a musician. Yeah. And I still explore those other mediums in my life. I still paint, I still write. But that, the, the, the shining one did still stand out at the end of all that sort of flying around. And didn't you tell me about some family members living in the mountains in France or Spain? That yeah, in were, the Pyrenees. In the Pyrenees, and what, what were they involved in? They ran retreats. That was my aunt and uncle. Yeah. Um, and they brought all of their gifts together and found a little house on top of a mountain in yeah. really the middle of nowhere in yeah. France, tiny town. And people came from all different parts of the world to come on their retreats. Um, and I think... The overarching theme was sort of uh, was rest. If I could really think, everybody that came huh. to those retreats, everybody came into them and rested. Hmm. It didn't seem to matter whether they showed up for something else. Hmm. It was just extremely serene, and the mountains and the atmosphere there just were very... It was just a very calming environment, and everyone that stepped into that environment benefited from that and had a sort of... I noticed everyone had these, when they would leave, had sort of epiphanies of how they would go back into the world. And that was the same for our family. My mum would go there and rest. I hmm. would go there and rest. And you could hide. And were they them. like teaching from texts or were they just offering healing, like healing space, like herbalism and that kind of thing? Or? Yeah, offering healing space. Yeah. And, um, and yes, they did teach. I know there was all sorts of different things they explored in there. Um, again, it wasn't centered on one idea, so that yeah. was kind of cool. So I think people felt very free with my family because it, they really expressed the same thing to others as they did to me as a kid, that, you know, the world's open and you, you will find the spiritual path that's right for you and you can have someone else write it or you can write it all yourself. It's, hmm. it's all good. Hmm. It's all good. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> so do you have siblings? No, oh. no, no. <laughs> so again, so that's even more freeing for you to explore and like craft your own yeah. universe, but also a bit of pressure then to wear all these different hats and be these different people. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> and I was a pretty talented kid. I had a lot of things I was mm. good at. So, um, you do feel that immense pressure, mm. and uh, and yeah, when there's no brothers and sisters, it's uh, that can get a little intense. And also a different <laughs> relationship to the self. I mean, I'm curious. Like, yeah. I'm just thinking about I don't know, how you're sharing it. That what's what was the relationship to self like? Intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's very. Um, it's very because I was a because my sister is nine years older than me. Okay, so I had a sibling, yeah. but she was gone. She was, you know, nine years older. That's so, quite a window. Yeah. <laughs> There's quite a window. So she left the house while I was still in, in elementary school, right. and you know, even as I was younger, she had her 
teenage friends and had a whole, you know, a whole life. Yeah. So I, I had a, a good portion of time where I was alone, yeah. an, an only child per se, yeah, yeah. in a certain way. And I spent a lot of time in imagination and fantasy. And, Me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Creating these other, other worlds. Yeah. yeah. The other uni- the, the alternate universes, you explore them in great detail, don't you? All these relationships between, you know, yeah. this doll and her horse. I remember hours just like, <laughs> <laughs> where are they going today and what are they going to do? You know, like... Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. But so, can you tell me more about that? I don't know why I'm really curious about that. Like, as it evolves in... in life to then a spiritual seeking yeah because then you know god or spirit Mm -hmm. is also that is also imaginary quote unquote right so there's something to that time spent with the doll and the horse in exploring this other realm oh yeah yeah yeah. i think yeah that's beautifully put actually i was just thinking as soon as i said girl and the horse and now we're talking about girl and the horse i love this idea i'm also a sagittarius by the way so that's great (laughs) that's maybe why i spent so much time with horses i also rode horses i nearly became a show jumper yeah so i was actually a girl and her horse i just remembered that um but yeah the uh the imaginary i remember having these experiences as a kid where i would be approached by what I thought looked like wizards. So I would be Mm. going to sleep at night Mm. and these wizards would come Mm. and sit at the edge of the bed Mm. and have these like great discussions with me. And I would tell my mum in the morning, you know, oh, there was this wizard that came. And she was like, oh, I think that might have happened to your uncle and all of these things. So I wasn't just in communication with the, you know, the plastic horse. I was also in communication with all of these beings and that was totally accepted in my family so I definitely Mm. can say looking back I was totally tuning in to whomever these beings were but of course as a kid you sort of project the look of them so a wizard was a good you know I remember one being Mm. was sort of gold and huge and had this ginormous pointy hat and he must have visited me for at least two years um and I just, wow. I still now see that as perfectly normal. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? So I think, yes, your imagination, not only does it connect you to that sort of fantasy realm with the dolls and the horses, but it, it does also connect you really deeply to the imaginary world, which I'm pretty sure wasn't imaginary. So, Right. I mean, I really like what you just said there, that, pre- that as a kid, you project your own image onto it. I mean, how does that actually change? Or how has that changed for you over time as you've come to accept these other entities or spirit taking yeah. shape? I think I've tried to see them. I haven't tried to impose how I see them on them. I've just, huh. it started as a feeling that mm-hmm. there's a sort of being coming in that mm-hmm. wants to move through my work with me or my voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, body system instrument and I'll have some glimmers like very definitive things like I know this figure is um, very persistent or I know this figure is um, an extremely peaceful presence you know they all their different temperaments and then visually 
um, I just see glimmers of things, and normally it's in colours. So sometimes mm. like a very vivid pink will come through with a being, or it's mm. a green. And then you can kind of see an outline of the outfit. Um, normally mm. I'll just try and sit, close my eyes, and meditate and tune in to the vision and the feeling. And then once I have enough of a grasp on it, I then just kind of allow it to sort of work through me. And they kind of come in and out of my work. Hmm. So, But in this latest album, it's four distinct compositions created for voice, and each of those four compositions had a different being running the hmm. show. Hmm. So for each... Each time I went into the studio, depending on what was being done for the day, I'd sit, I'd tune in, I'd allow that force to come in hmm. and transmit through a recording or, you know, and then I'd kind of step out of that. So hmm. it was kind of an interesting record to make because I really was yo-yoing in hmm. and out of these four uh, feeling beings hmm. that, that I was working with. And now it's finished. I haven't seen them since. So that's kind of crazy. It means hmm. they just came for a minute, had some tea, a sandwich, and then they've gone. <laughs> they were very British beings. Yeah. They came for tea. Yeah. <laughs> proper, proper. Of course, Brit. Melanie. Right, 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 right. So, um, okay, this is fascinating. So my question is this. Have you felt the desire or have you explored previously um, teachings or readings or other stories about this kind of thing? Or, or have you just been able to take it in as your own experience? I mean, my understanding of, from speaking to you is that you've taken it in as your own experience, but now as you're explaining it to me more clearly, I'm curious if you've ever read other people's accounts of this kind of thing or um, connected it to any other religious or spiritual texts. Or No, you're, you're right. It is. It's always been from my own experience. I've, yeah. I've, uh, I've never... I mean, I think I've read about that, you know, people connecting to spirit. I think even in one of the Rolling Stones actually talked about it as well. Um, I cannot remember which one. Sorry, we'll have to look that up. Um, but they discussed that his work didn't come from him. Hmm. It wasn't as vivid as that. But I do remember reading an article, and uh, I think it was my husband that told me that story as well. Um, and that sticking out to me like, oh, I... I, I understand what that is. I've experienced hmm. that. Hmm. Um, and I think as you grow older, you become more accepting and allowing of these things to work through you. Hmm. I think uh, the experiences get deeper. You get more understanding of them. Hmm. They don't feel as... Uh, chaotic is the wrong word. It doesn't feel chaotic, but it... They, they, they come with such a... Um, they come with such a distinct mission. That's what's got clearer. It's over the course of my lifetime, hmm. I've always been able to channel things and written down things hmm. that have been spoken to me. And I have books full of things I've written down. But, the, but lately, certainly in the last year or two, it's this very direct mission communication. Hmm. Um, so that's, that's changed, definitely. And you also have, have shared with me, and uh, just to point this out, you know, that that there is a process that you go through in determining whether or not you want to engage with yeah. that energy. Yeah. So can you say a little bit about that? 
Because I think, you know, whether, however this happens for you, yeah. maybe this is happening in this way, or maybe you're a, a, a more of a material plane oriented person. And so you're checking out different yoga studios or different practices. Yep. And I feel like there's a process that you have shared with me in the past that's actually really valuable. It's not just willy-nilly any wizard can come in no. to your studio. Not just any wizard. <laughs> willy-nilly wizard, like, welcome. It's not like that. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, it's... Uh, can you share a little bit about that, what that's like for you or how that works? Yeah, I, I, I start to feel like something that's very persistent, like almost annoying, like a sort hmm. of, almost as if like a mouse were kind of scratching at your door all night. It's hmm. that kind of set, sort hmm. of feeling. And... Sometimes you know not to let the mouse in. It's just it just feels not right to me. It feels too persistent or too heavy and weighty. Mm. And other times it feels right to open the door and let that mouse in. And I cannot in words possibly explain how I know whether it's a yes or a no. It's just all feeling. Mm. Um, and feeling throughout your body feeling throughout your energy body, your physical body? I mean, yeah. do you get chills? Do you have tension? Do you, I mean, is there, or do you see, like you talked about seeing different things? Like, Yeah, it's definitely visual, um, hmm. but it, it, it's always very much in the heart center. Like I noticed hmm. that my heart actually gets a little achy when it's a good thing coming hmm. in. Like my heart longs hmm. to unite with this being and this force. Hmm. It's a very like, loving feeling and a, a, a drawing like a, and a mm. it's like an attraction really and mm. so I sort of go with that that gut just like meeting the right person you you always know right yeah. right right you right, always right, know right. and then and then when then and if it doesn't feel right what's the what can you describe what that is <laughs> yeah that's just um and have you ever engaged with that and then had to I've always that. taken out a piece of paper and written something to the effect of I understand why you might be here but at this moment in time I'm going to go this other direction I'm going to make another choice huh. I'm going to allow this energy in because this feels right to huh. me maybe we'll meet again I've never shut a door on any of these encounters huh. yeah I've always left it slightly ajar in my you know, huh. it's not a dis I'm not dismissing anything. I'm just, right. I have a boundary. I had a, um, <laughs> it, uh, Yulia Graves who, who, uh, who was on the podcast last year, she's developed this lily circle, flower essences and spiritual war warrior flower essences, brilliant herbalist, German, German woman. But she said to me, and I wish I could do her accent cause it's beautiful and I'm not <laughs> even going to try. But she said to me one time, you know, just because a being is disembodied does not mean they're benevolent. Like, because <laughs> there's this idea, you know, there's like, we have this idea of, yeah. uh, of that. And I, I do think that, like, you know, it's worth it to, to remain open to that possibility. <laughs> that you can negotiate your relationships on, on many different planes. Yeah, right. you, that's so right. beautifully said, Melanie. Yeah, so it's not... Um, and it's not that it's, you know, sometimes it's, I guess for some of us, it's easier on different planes than others, yeah. <laughs> maybe to draw those boundaries or to see those things, yep. you know, to yep. see more clearly. But all of that's, all of it is this tuning in 
and you know and tuning in and and again what's striking me you know just about kind of looking through your eyes as a child growing up in in London with this family and this unlimited possibility mm-hmm. is that that's actually what you're being what's being called out of you you have to do that yeah yeah you have to cultivate true. that for yourself and yeah. you know in and like a monotheism, like, you know, going to church, you're, you're directed, you're really directed yes. towards go this way, do this thing, don't do this thing. Yep. This is the right path. This is the wrong path. Yeah. Right. And then some of that is all, all, some of those things are ultimate truths, right? For sure. <laughs> like some of those yeah. things like, a, oh, that's actually, you know, right. D- you know, don't kill your neighbor. That makes perfect That works sense. across <laughs> the board. Yeah. That works across the board. Really good one. But um, but I just find that um, you know that that's just really fascinating to me that tuning in, that tuning in, tuning in, and it doesn't you know it's you know, as yoga and other esoteric practices and things come into higher um, mainstream seat. Yeah. It doesn't just mean that those things don't demand that of you as well either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so is there something you could add <laughs> to that? Because I know we've kind of, I'm, I'm dancing around a subject that we've kind of addressed. And I'm alluding, I'm like, I'm alluding to <laughs> all of these conversations that Essie and I have had over the last <laughs> year, really kind of yeah. talking about um, yeah. spirituality and social media and different things and art and music and how to navigate all this stuff. So yeah. we've had kind of a bit of a background on this that we're just touching in here on the podcast, but yeah. I'm just offering that back to any more reflections you have. Sure. I, I really do think it's about finding, um, I want to say this exactly right. Um, because I know it's different for each person. But I, I am coming to believe that creativity is the medium for our connection to spirit. I think it's the fastest, the clearest. It's where even the most non-believing person who, for instance, plays an instrument, finds themselves in lost in this beauty and this magic and this abyss. It's why somebody who wouldn't even call themselves a painter might go to a painting workshop and then there's this glimmer right in the middle when they pick up that yellow and run the brush down the page. It's that feeling that is always with people. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I think we should all just be honoring and and tuning in to that more and more and more and more. I think it's the key to many locks, the key to a lot of happiness, a lot of alleviation of pain and suffering. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a very direct line to the heart and direct line to the spirit. Mm. So I think that's anything you can pursue which gives you, creates an, more openings of space and more feelings of the bliss body, right? Mm-hmm. Anything you can do to cultivate that, that's right for you. Is, mm. is the way forward for me. I think that's mm. just, that to me is what magic means, so.
Yeah, so you have, you know, a, a catalog of folk music and, yeah. and other music. And then, and then tell us how then you started to come into your last set of recordings, and then we can get to this new set of recordings. But yeah. how did that shift for you in your spiritual path and into moving into making this different kind of music? Give us a little... Well, when you're younger, I think there's a lot of pain that gets wrestled out of you in your 20s. So the music I was making was very inward and insular and almost icy, in fact. Um, and then I think about... And songs. Beautiful yeah, songs. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful songs. Yeah. With Not lyrics too tragic, and, but... Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. certainly on yeah. the, what we called, you know, the darker side of things yeah. um, or the darker side of expressing things. Yeah. And, um, and then over time, obviously my spiritual practice had grown. So I had become more, I was on my yoga mat every day at that point and really starting to sit, um, meditate, uh, channel more. Um, that was just all kind of swirling up and picking up and I was loving it. And... I just noticed a, a, a sort of window in, in of regarding the, the music that was being played in, in the different classes I went to and the different uh, things. And it was either, again, this is quite interesting actually considering what we've just talked about, it was either very devotional, so it was very, some could even say it was religious. Mm. Um, there was that kind of music running very heavily down one vein, and then the other vein seemed like a lot of 80s keyboards with extended string sounds, and there was like yeah. that weird. So it's like, what is this genre? What mm. is this new age genre? Like, what is coming in here? And I just noticed there was like, yeah, there was this little gap. And because I was starting to feel this yearning to make more and more music, it just logically, like, hmm. you know, my, the two passions, they joined together. Hmm. So it just became, yeah, it was just logical that I would do that next. Hmm. And so, and it is funny because everyone says you end up becoming your family. Well, here I am. They're all, you know, musicians doing... and. <laughs> uh, healers and beautiful things doing work in this field and uh, and so that's that's kind of a sweet thought to me I often think back to that because it, it did it wasn't a happy accident it just but it did all fall into place you know when you get into flow and then mm. you're like I should be doing this mm. and um, yeah and yes I was having a conversation yeah. yesterday and I was talking about being really religious in in my teenage years and then I, I looked up and saw a picture of my guru and a picture of me with my teacher and I was like oh <laughs> I'm still really religious hold on a minute <laughs> hold on a second mm, I think that's something still going on there <laughs> but, which is yeah. beautiful because it's obviously evolved right right with you it's as exactly grown. exactly yeah. it's yeah. obviously evolved and become more authentic to to yeah. my expression right exactly, so you have yeah. to go through this path you do okay so so these so the first section the first set of recordings that came out of this merging of your spiritual path yeah and and um i know that the there was some you shared with me there was some conflict within about making that turn out of yeah for lack of a better word i'll call it pop music yeah into the spiritual market yeah 
Yeah, I had a, I was in my own way with the what is cool and what is not. And, uh, and hmm. it was, you know, when you're in a scene for so long, you know, I was in this sort of kooky indie scene with a whole different set of characters. <laughs> and um, also bound up in the music industry, right? Because hmm. you're getting reviews by this, that, the other. You've got the standard format of how you should approach the music hmm. business. Hmm. You should submit to this, you should sign to this, you should, and the other. So I really just had to shatter all mm. of the elements uh, of that. So all mm. my ideas of how one would move mm. in, in the music, the business of music. Mm. And then as a musician, I mean, that's basically doing a 180 on your audience. That's saying, okay, I'm, I'm going off here now. And some of you may come along and that's really great. And some of you are not going to come along. Maybe describe for, I mean, we'll ha definitely have links to all of, of Essie's, Essie's music on the Shakti Hour page, but maybe describe a little bit so what that difference would be. Like, because, I mean, I know what it is, you know. Yeah, so yeah. It, you're, you're singing with the beautiful voice, you know, yeah. very clear lyrics. Yeah. And then you're stepping into harmonium and yeah. more of a soundscape. Yeah, yeah, and, but and the first, I mean, we're t I know there's two sets of recordings, but we're talking about the first transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they they become they're extended. I mean, these compositions yeah. are sitting around at 20 minutes long, so you're <laughs> you're you're ending up in, uh, or we have ended up actually. There's a little bit of full circle here because the latest work is. Um, because they've all been created for voice, it does kind of link back into my original work, which was all created around voice. You're just working in different mm. genres. And the more we've played, the more kind of psychedelic it's got as well. So it's got pretty out there mm. because when you accompany Reiki, meditation, yoga classes, when mm. you're doing live music, you have to improvise. You can't play a three-minute song and stop and sip your water and, you know. <laughs> tell a little anecdote. Yeah, to, tell yeah. a joke. You're, you're in this, like, super, super crazy flow. So yeah. you have to just, <laughs> you know, ride yeah. it. And that then informed, you know, the next wave of work, which became, you know, this these ginormous extended compositions. Mm -hmm. And then it all became very intimate again for me. And then the last project is all voice and all about channeling through the voice. The mm. instrumentation is qu quite delicate, quite sparse. So, you know, it's, uh, I sort of wonder whether I am still in the genre I began in, in a funny roundabout way mm. now. So all my conflict about destroying everything seems ridiculous now. I know, and it's so <laughs> difficult and, um is so difficult to, I think, from an artistic perspective to even consider that, right? Because yeah. you're following the flow, like you said, of the voice that you have. Your voice yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah. But, your, but your body, if you've, been, if you've moved into a yoga practice and yeah. moved out of bars, like from underground to above ground, yeah, you know, yeah. cl rock clubs up to, <laughs> you know, yoga studios are usually on yeah. the first or second floor. They are, yes. <laughs> and they usually have windows and... Yeah. And, um, you know, there's also that transformation of the body. So speak a little bit about how that has shifted your, your relationship with the voice and then how that has gone back into the work. Well, I think the way you're describing it too, sort of raising up towards the light. I mean, you mm -hmm. just said something that hadn't even occurred to me that these 
rooms we're playing in now have windows. Yeah. <laughs> I just had long forgotten that, wait, we must have played for like a decade in places <laughs> with no windows. Yeah. Um, gosh, okay, just digesting that. I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> so yeah, there is a literal hmm. rising to the light there and hmm. your being, you know, reflects hmm. that. Um, you, and that doesn't start to inform your work because once you're... You know what the major difference is to address the last part of that, of your uh, beautiful question is when you are in the room with no windows or sort of playing in that old environment, you are normally on a stage and as far as I remember it, the audience is almost completely blacked out because mm. of the lights. Mm -hmm. So you're not really able to see the audience. You're mm -hmm. normally set apart from them. Mm. And the other shift in coming up towards the light is now everybody is there in the light with you mm. and you can now see every reaction, every vulnerability, every body, every heart beating, every tear. You see and interact mm. with that and have to follow and flow with that and mm. lift that up or soothe that for people. You know, mm. it's a... It's you a, don't have to. No. And some people don't. So what, what is it that, that has drawn you into wanting to, to do that? Or what is, how do you navigate that in the moment? I, d I think it's that same feeling as allowing the being in. It's this longing I have mm. to contribute to people's peace. To mm. I, I feel like I, if I came to earth with this voice and this ability to hold energy, then gosh, I have to use it. Mm. And I, it, it, I'm, I'm compelled to, yeah, the, ha the have to feels like mm. I have no choice. Um, mm. And it doesn't feel like a... I would like another choice. It feels like 100% mm. right, you know, that I, I, an unquestioning choice, you know, it's, it's... That's a lot of responsibility. I mean, do you, do you feel like you have to up your own personal practice and vibration as you step deeper into this role? I've had to get more sleep. I've always mm. been a really good sleeper, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I've noticed that I need mm. to kind of push the boundaries on that and really sleep things off. Mm. I, I never feel that I've absorbed anything. I've mm. always been pretty clear with that. I've never been in a room with anyone and felt like I took any of it on. I'm sensitive mm. and compassionate, but mm. I can always hold. I don't have to take in. Um, mm. But I have noticed the giving, there is, um, in my system, there is an element of, of tiredness that takes over. So, of course, mm. rest has become this mm. companion to me that is mm. even more important than... Mm. It's more important than it ever was to rest. Um, That's the, you know, Ariana Huffington made her transformation out of uh, publishing into... back into publishing with her network Thrive, but yeah. with her book about sleep. And she was like, come on, people, like... Wow. This is insane. We have to rest. And I love that the, um, it's in your ancestry as well that this part of this spiritual evolution, the spiritual practice, is retreat, which is not only retreat to go deeper and get enlightened or yeah. get your forearm stand like totally 
right? Yeah. It's to rest, to settle, to allow, to allow, to allow. things to reset themselves within yeah. your natural system. Yes, yes, yes. A million times to that, yes. Fascinating. <laughs> so, what would you like to tell us about this? These next um, songs that you guys are just you and your husband Patrick. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I've been in. I've been back in America for a while, <laughs> and um, that you and Patrick are about to share with people. What would you like to tell us about? about them? Well, I think they had probably the, they, they came from the deepest part of me mm. that I've ever met. Mm. And so they mean so much to me. Mm. They're like children, I suppose. They, there's something about them because they were channeled from other beings and it was this lovely experience allowing these things to work through me. I feel very honored that I was allowed access to this universe, you know, and that they came in and did this work and it's this, uh, and they were very, very healing for me. I think that's uh, something really powerful that, that happened as well. Um, I lost my father last year to cancer and it started a process in me of uncovering layers and layers and layers that I had accumulated in my body of um, pain and anger and rage at points. Um, mm. It just was, it, it just dug everything up. Mm. And making this album came after that huge wave of just uncovering all of this, this mm. pain. And um, so they soothed me too. They healed me. And, and my intention would be that they would do the same for others, is mm. that they would come into their lives and, you know... Because it does kind of feel like also not me a little bit. So that there's, a, there's a little separation from the work in kind of a nice way as well. So the idea of them going into somebody else's life and having an impact, mm. it feels like it's not really me in the room. It's like it's this work I've channeled mm. that then it goes off and does this work. Like the beings are still with the work. They've mm. long since left my creative process, but they're still their essence is in there. So it's mm. like, okay, they're off doing this work now. So yeah, there's a strange, a strange separation from the work here that is a really, really lovely feeling. Hmm. feels very nice. Can you tell me a bit about what the healing, healing was like? Very raw. Mm. Um, extremely difficult to record at points, in fact, because um, it brought a lot of stuff up for me. Um, and 
when you hold space like that over a period of five months and you're tuning in and out of different vibes, um, I mean, it was quite exhausting, actually. Mm. Um, uh, but in the best way, I don't know how to explain it. Not, mm. uh, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was just that same kind of feeling, that longing, that kind of compulsion to do it. Um, so, again, no question about the choice. I just, it was like, get on with it. It's, you know, it's right, right here in front of you. And you know when you feel there's that window is open for just a short period of time <laughs> and this is it mm -hmm. so it was very powerful in that regard as well I had to mm -hmm. really really dive into that there was, and yeah. it felt like that was actually kind of part of this this year yeah that was like it was really intensive yeah. um amount of creative energy yeah. coming through where it was like you better get this down you better get this down. Yeah. That's, I mean, I had a similar experience. You did. And, um, and, and, um, and it was, it was very, um, very, very much that kind of getting out of the way. You felt kind that. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Although, yes. Yeah, so although I think my, the healing process I had was not, was not part of that. Right. That was something different. But, um, I like the way that you said that it, it, I like how it ties into what you shared about creativity being the place to access for each of us individually to really tune mm -hmm. into that truth access point, that yeah. heart truth. And then I like how, you know, Ramdas always says, <laughs> yeah. I, I work on myself to help others that's what I do my work I I tune deeper and deeper and deeper mm. and that's how I help everybody else right oh, that's who my doesn't job. love that right I mean his <laughs> his quote is better and I've read it a thousand times heard him say it a thousand times and I'm still butchering it on the Ramdas be here now network thing <laughs> everybody that's listening that knows it knows it um but uh I love that the bonus of the pieces that you just created is that you were working on yourself. Oh yeah. And now there's a there and that's this is the literal uh manifestation of that. Now you can have this and maybe that maybe it will, maybe it won't, but it's there for you to for you to utilize it in that way if if you so desire. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Which, honestly, I would say back to the music you were making in your 20s is the same thing. Just a <laughs> yeah. different approach to, yeah, yeah. you know, different approach to pain. You know, it's just like, the, like you said, it's the different yeah. places we are. And, and, um, and, and having a creative expression and a spiritual practice, though. And this is the thing that, you know, in the, the sacred music series that, that I've been working on, that mm -hmm. I've really been starting to... I'm realizing what my question is <laughs> yeah. around it. You know, my desire around it is that I, I really am desiring this possibly fantastical idea of the early seventies, late sixties, where I feel like culture and spirit were more intertwined. Yes. You know, um, as opposed to kind of feeling a bit separate to me now. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really like, um, 
<laughs> religious. And so, <laughs> and grappling with that personally, you know, grappling with that aspect of myself personally yeah. and feeling a bit, um, you know, tight about, but you need to be also meditating, like, right. but you also need to be doing these other things. Right. And, um, I don't, I don't know if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I do know that the people I'm talking to right now, you you included, are doing that. Yes. On top of creating work that's, you know, integrated in that. And so, I don't know. I mean, what do we know? What do you think? Like, I mean, there's some days I wake up and I just think, oh, it's just mud and worms. Yeah. This is this is all right with me, you know? Yeah. If there's if if there's nothing else, I'm good. You yeah. know, I'll just go and feed the birds at some point in the ground. Um particular to that is when we buried my father who had a woodland burial. Mm. And I'd never experienced that before. It's something he wanted. Mm. And you're literally wrapped in birch, mm. l- laying gently in the soil. Mm. And this beautiful piece of green and green grass just folds over you again and then they plant a tree mm. with you and I remember after the service and I went back to the grave and I just they'd already folded the the piece of grass back over and on it were hundreds of tiny creatures who I was like you are going to be nourished by my dad. And that is so amazing. So the simplicity of that just Mm. blew me away. (laughs) So on one side, you're good with the mud and the worms, you Mm. know, that's, that's really special thing. Mm. And then on the other side, I think we probably all know and understand more than we think. Mm. I think we could for sure learn to trust our intuition our guts, our instincts, mm. and and move through life, you know, um, more comfortable with those things running the show for us. You know, I, I think it would be a much better world if we we went more from that the the heart of the matter, as it mm. were. You know, we could. I think we could all understand each other a lot better if we followed those mm. things. So I think it's the balance of the you know everything and you know nothing. Hmm. Those two sides. The hmm. mud and the stars. Mm-hmm. You know? hmm. And That's being great. cool with people who are the mud. You know, my husband can be quite like that. Worms, mud, yeah. trees. Yeah. You know, he just got interested in trees. So all he's reading about is this life of trees, how they interact, they serve each other. <laughs> Mm-hmm. how they live, where they live in the world. I mean, it's extraordinary. Um, and that in itself, you know, it's, uh, I really appreciate his earthy vibe sometimes. Sometimes when I'm flying off in the sky with mm. my thing, there he is, you know, reading about trees. And I just think, I think it's beautiful. Mm. So I think you could certainly approach the world two ways. Mm. All good. Well, and the balance of that, you know, and the balance of that and the balance of that in, in relationship and the balance of that as it's expressed in the work that the two of you make together. Yes. Right. Yeah. So part of that is, is being shared in this healing music. Yeah. To that, that combination. Yeah. He has this incredible earthy grounding energy. Um, Mm. 
I've definitely become more earthy since being with him and it's been wonderful, mm. more attention to detail. Mm. And I think in the same way he's elevated into that kind of endless possibility mm. feeling <laughs> that I carry and that expansive, bigger picture. So the compliment is, it's very nice. Mm. And particularly in these last recordings, I think that really shines through. It's mm. a very organic feeling album and that is a lot down to his... Um, approach to the guitar and his mindset and how he tunes in. Hmm. And do you, to, do you relate those things to masculine and feminine or are they individual or do you, do you think in terms of alpha, omega, receptive, Ooh. active, yin, yang, that kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There yeah. is definitely the, that all of those things you just said <laughs> play multiple roles <laughs> in different times of the day. Yeah. And sometimes I'm definitely the man, yeah. you know, and sometimes he's the woman and then it switches around and yeah. sometimes one's running, running around in circles and crying and the other one's sitting in the chair having tea. It's yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So. And that's the, I mean, that's the beauty of I mean, honestly, I don't know what it's like in 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 uh, in the lives of people that don't do creative collaborations. Yeah. But I do think that that's one of the beautiful things about being locked in a studio with people is that you you do have this kind of constellation thing happening. Yeah. <laughs> where where sometimes you know the the different energies interact that way. Yeah. And it's and it's beneficial to the whole outcome of the piece it is yeah it's amazing how it all comes together when all is said and done and all the different energies have come together and you know all the temperaments all the ideas yeah. and then you <laughs> left with this thing yeah. that you're like oh you, you you know when you look back on something and you understand why it all had to follow yeah. the line it did yes. so it's you know at its most challenging points technically very difficult sometimes because we're in a home studio you know some of the things that really got tricky, I'm now like, well, of course, you know, because that went wrong on Friday because this had to go right on Monday. Mm. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's been really nice to see that. Yeah. It's something to, you know, to remember in all of our practices. Yes. You know, and yeah. the, the, the benefit of the, of the creative output is that there is... Well, there isn't, there isn't always, but there can be a, a completion so you can see, see, hear, feel, touch, taste. Yeah. That um, resolution. Yeah. But the other thing is, is that there's always another song or another performance or another. <laughs> so there isn't an end point. And, and uh, I think, you know, in a, in a meditative meditation practice or any kind of spiritual practice there can be this desire to see the fruits of that and yeah. there's no telling where those are going to come out and um and and it's the same yeah in the creative practice yeah unless you have a, a deadline to deliver yep and even if you have a deadline to deliver <laughs> you still don't necessarily know how it's going to work itself out yeah and and so i think that you know you know, back to, back to using creative, creative expression, musical or otherwise, to connect to spirit. That can be a nice balance. Oh, yeah. To then, to then relate back to your 
for lack of a better word, purely spiritual practice, mm -hmm. in that you can see, start to see rewards coming in different ways or start to see these kind of completion moments. Yeah. And also just keep showing up for the practice. I mean, yeah. it's not that, you know, the, the temptation to not go back in the studio on Friday on Monday after Friday is big. It's huge. <laughs> it's like, you know what, that, why would I ever want to listen to my voice again? One, I don't want to work with this person. That mic sucks. You know, whatever it is, like, yeah. it's just, there's no point. Yeah, yeah. Right? But yeah. you go back in because you have had the experience yeah. of success. And I think that that, that um, you know, that can be applied also just to sitting meditation. I love what you said about there's no ending to anything either. I, I think that's yeah. beautiful, right? Where this will be this will be an endless spiritual spirit journey, you know, in every single thing we do while uh, you know our time here on Earth. Right, and even endless. with the, the the creatures and their in their relationship to your father's body, yeah. and that they continued. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they continued on, and a bird. <laughs> had one of them and and this that beautiful um flow yeah yeah it's just a lovely thought it's a lovely yeah it's really feeling. pretty yeah <laughs> well um i'm gonna close with the question that i close with um about um women and girls on the spiritual path um what would you offer them as a artist and a and a practitioner well in some ways i think we've almost covered the answer in an interesting way. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't be able to say anything different on it other than I think if women and girls found time every day to either just remember that they breathe, i.e. one inhale, one exhale, acknowledged, mm. I think would be miraculous. Mm. And if after that one inhale and one exhale, they can take another breath, <laughs> that would be even more miraculous mm -hmm. until eventually it's like every moment of every day mm -hmm. we are tuned in and mm -hmm. we find an outlet for, for that. We find something creative to do with, with that breath. And with that presence that comes from that tuning in and being there for it. Yes. Yeah. Women creativity. Women, yeah. It's a it's like it's like the the best marriage ever is mm. is is that I think. Mm. I really do. Well, this was fantastic. I'm glad that we hit record today. Yeah, me too. Thank <laughs> um, you so much for yeah, having me. Yeah, I'm glad it worked out. And um, uh, please, everybody, uh, go to the Shock Hour page at BeHereNowNetwork.com where you'll find links to all of Essie's music. And uh, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.